1: Feel it coming in the air yeah. And there's screams from everywhere yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill ready. It's a dangerous so. love affair Can't be scared when it goes down Got a problem, tell me so. now
2: Only thing that's on my mind Is who's so. gonna run this town tonight
3: so. That's right, we're gonna run this town today Welcome to Kwame Laster Sports Talk Radio. Kwame's on assignment. This is Kirk Beltkeller, and I'll be your host today. Uh, we have both Kwame and Demery on assignment, which I know that probably makes this show a lot better, but uh, I do anticipate Kwame calling in and so he can report from uh, the Super Bowl and all of his activities going on. But we, of course, have a full house in the engineering room, and this is the thing that I hate about this studio is that I can't see our boys, and back. And that just ruins everything for me. But at least you guys are listening, right? Not even going to listen. They're not even going to listen. Yeah, you can't see me. No, I can't see you, and I hate that. I, yeah, exactly. I couldn't hear you either for a moment there. So, But this is, you know, in in the NBC studios, I could always see everybody back there. So I always had conversations, especially when it was just me. And So you're kind of stuck uh, talking to me for a little bit here, too. Is that going to be all right? All right. Thank goodness. Now, you're a movie buff, as I recall. No? Yes. Yes. So, this weekend, as we prepare our listeners for what's going on, obviously here in Phoenix, it's the Phoenix Open, but for others that aren't here in Phoenix that are listening in, what's the movies to be seeing this weekend? I love movies, but know nothing about what's coming out, when it's coming out, and I just, as a result, don't go a lot. So... What's your favorite movie? What's coming out? What what should people see
4: today? You're not going to you're not going to answer me. I watched I, <laughs> I watched Kid Turbo or Turbo Kid last night on Netflix. If you're into 80s movies, it's got the 80s synthesizers, BMX and cheesy cheesy blood and guts. <laughs> it was great. Like I couldn't stop watching it. Like, I really was just like an in-between movie for why I was doing something and I ended up watching right. the whole thing. So so you weren't
3: attracted to it at first, but next thing you know, it's Boom. one of those things, you're, you're in it.
4: Oh, yes. When, when there's the decapitations and like the mass <laughs> blood squirting out, that's just ungodly true. Oh, God. That's like total beef for me. Now, are you a Game of Thrones guy? Uh, my wife is, not I. Oh.
3: <laughs> well, if you're loving and blood and gore and guts, how can you not watch Game
4: of Thrones? It's a bunch of dudes in diapers. Yeah, but, oh, man. Have you given it a shot at all? Ah, uh, yes, I did a little bit, but it's just there's so much content out there around the same period that I kind of got bored with it. You know, it's like oh, they're trying man. to make up for Gladiator. Yeah, I, you know, I felt the same way. And then
3: somebody said, watch the first two episodes, and if after that you decide you don't want to watch it anymore, don't. I don't like medieval anything at all.
4: You like I, sci-fi?
3: I, I'm better. I'm better with sci-fi. I'm more with suspense thrillers. I love um comedies but yeah don't want to do don't want to do the whole medieval stuff with the the drawbridges and all that stuff and so I'm thinking there's no way I'm going to like
4: this this show Game of Thrones <laughs> so I watched the first two episodes as and now I can't stop right if you like that then you probably like Black Sails too oh man see don't get me started on other shows I I don't need to waste any more time with shows Exactly. See, and, last time I did a stint on shows, I watched Battlestar Galactica, and I ended up watching 72 <laughs> episodes, like, nonstop. I couldn't stop watching it.
3: Binge-watching. Yes. That is the worst. See, that's when—the what the other show I watch is House of Cards, and when that comes out, you know, Netflix sends them all out at one time. Of course. I'm done in two days. Of course. I've seen the entire season, and I've screwed myself
4: for, for weeks to come because I I need to— I need to just kind of draw it out a little bit more. Of course. I don't do it. Do you watch uh, Portlandia by chance? No. You need to at least check out an episode on oh, Portlandia no. and Battlestar Galactica because they, they start out about watching it, and they end up losing their jobs. The creditors are calling them. Everything's shutting down, and all they want to do is bin watch. Oh, it's my God. It's hilarious. Oh, my God. I just I can't. I Oh.
3: Hey, if you've got anything to say about this, join us at 888 uh Three four six nine one four four, but but when Kwame says it, it's 9144. So um, he, I, I'm expecting him to be calling in literally any second here. But, yeah, there's, uh, but there's so much for us to talk about. Um, we've got, obviously, the Super Bowl coming up. Our boy Johnny Manziel finds his way back into the headlines, and I struggle with what to do with these continual stories where people are coming in, this ex-girlfriend seems to be making cameo appearances time after time, and every time she makes a cameo appearance, apparently there's a big uproar and there's issues and challenges where, you know, is, is he getting physical with her? Is he not getting physical with her? Is he threatening her? Is he not threatening her? So for the second time in the last couple months, Johnny Menzel has been with his ex-girlfriend and drama appears and police are called. In both instances now, nothing's transpired. Now, you might be saying, well, you know, I'm taking uh, Johnny Manziel's side. And no, not at all. I just don't know what to believe. I have no idea what to believe with, with this guy. I think he's, he's a complete buffoon. I'll, I'll start with that. But I don't know if this ex-girlfriend is trying to create drama just for herself to get attention I don't know if the police are covering up something because, you know, we've seen too much of that lately, too. So I'm really struggling with this whole understanding of Johnny Manziel, who, who, by all accounts, everything of his own doing is a complete train wreck. And by definition, of course, you can't take your eyes off the train wreck. But he seems to be spending an awful lot of time in Dallas. And and uh, the rumor, of course, is that he will end up in Dallas. And I just find that so hard to believe that if you are truly interested in building a franchise with the best players of character and talent possible, you can't be looking at Johnny Menzel. If you are, again, I don't get it. I just don't know how that brings any productivity into what you're trying to accomplish as a winning organization at all. Hey, but I've been wrong before. And just about, well, that's right. Demary and Kwame can't tell you that because they're not here. And that's that works out well for me. So I'm happy about, I, I'm just struggling. So if anybody's got some opinions on that, I'd love to hear it because I, I just don't want to necessarily believe that, um, that the girlfriend is just setting this up for, for drama. I don't want to necessarily believe that the police are just covering up something as well because they don't want to make a big thing out of this. The only thing I know is that when this much drama is following you, you're the cause of it. And, Johnny, you continue to put yourself in the position of looking like a knucklehead. And, uh, again, not somebody I'd want on my franchise, but, you know, geez. Another bar, another another challenge. His father actually came out and said that if he doesn't come back and get some help soon, he will not live very long. Now, that's, that's quite a statement by a father. And I realize... Johnny is now an adult, quote-unquote. And, and if you were here, you'd see my air quotes going up there because I don't believe he's an adult. He doesn't act like an adult. He acts like a child, a petulant little child, spoiled little brat. He thinks he can do anything. He he comes from a, you know, a rather good upbringing and a rather wealthy family. So money is not clearly his issue. And I think that uh, because of his athletic prowess, nobody's ever put this kid in his place. And uh, clearly... It's something that needs to be done, and I, I just don't know what to do with the whole thing. I, I wish I had a better understanding of who Johnny Menzel was. What in the heck is his possible agenda here? It's just, just absolutely crazy. So we can talk more about Johnny at another time, but he is an absolute knucklehead and buffoon. So I don't know if you've heard about this, but John Elway completely messed himself up financially. And I don't know if anybody knows anything about this, but back in 1998, Johnny Manziel was given the opportunity, or not Johnny Manziel, jeez, I got Johnny Manziel in the mind. How bad is that? But John Elway was given the opportunity to buy 10%, 10% of the Denver Broncos for $15 million. That would be roughly, oh, I don't know, $650 million today. So not a bad investment. Um, but he turned it down. He was given an opportunity to also buy another 10%, so he'd have actually 20% if he eliminated his $21 million of deferred compensation that he'd already accumulated, so Broncos and, and Bolin would actually... Take that away, but they'd actually give him a job. They'd give him a job, become special assistant to Bolin, Bolden, and from that he would eventually become the COO of the of the Denver Broncos. Apparently, back in those days, that was not an option for him. He truly did not want to be part of of uh, the executive offices of the Broncos, which you know in. And it, everybody goes, well, you know, $15 million isn't a lot of money. He already had the money. He had just sold Elway dealerships for $82 million. So it wasn't like he didn't have it. So, And you think to yourself, well, that's all a pretty good deal. But, but wait, there's actually more. There's more that he was offered. He was offered that Bolin would actually buy it back, in two to five years, he had a two to five year window. He'd give him the fifteen million dollars back, plus five million dollars, plus eight percent a year on as interest. And you're thinking, "Wow, that turns out to be a lot of money." And you know what? It certainly does. But guess what? Wait. Now I feel like I'm in the Ginsu knife commercial. And wait, but there's more he actually then also had the first right of refusal to buy any greater portion of the Broncos over anyone else. So if Boland decides to sell, he comes back and has the first right of refusal to buy it all. So you're thinking to yourself, how much money did John Elway cost himself by turning down this lucrative offer? And obviously, considering where he is today... He must be kicking himself, but this was such a no-lose opportunity for him. I don't know how you can possibly turn this down, but that's the world of sports, and it also examples for us how much money is involved in the NFL and each individual team. So, awesome, awesome deal for John Owen. He passed. How do you pass on something like that? Oh, so, John Elway, you've done a great job, actually, as uh, running the organization since you took over. As um, I, I guess he's president or something of the organization now, but he runs all the personnel decisions and makes all the the true fine, uh, directional decisions for the Broncos, and he's done a great job. I mean, here you find the Broncos with probably the best defense in the uh, in in the league. So, you know, I. I give him a lot of kudos for what he's done, but boy, John, you've messed up. I'm probably a little bit more than uh, close to maybe even three-quarters of a billion dollars mistake back in 1998. And I don't know. I can live on that. So I'm sure the rest of you can too. But, hey, Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Radio, 888-346-9144 if you want to join in on the fun. And that's right. I'm sitting in the big boy chair. Kurt Fellkiller is your host today and you know in our prior show that we did together which was my show I was known as KC King Curtis I'm feeling like the king today I'm running it all so hey let's, uh, let's hear from you and I look forward to uh, getting on the other side of, of the commercial break here and we will be right back
0: week on the revolution with jim and trav presented by outdoor channel it's a new year with new gear and we're going to explore it all so the best innovations in hunting and shooting gear plus highlights from shot show and the outdoor sportsman awards and we'll be joined by tom mcmillan from mcmillan seen on sportsman channel jeff nimnick with predator pulse mrs bunny plus many others and it's presented by outdoor channel at outdoorchannel.com. friday afternoons at one pacific time on the voice america sports channel
1: This is Frank Sanders, former player with the Arizona Cardinals. You're listening to the Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show with Demery Lachey and Doug Brimmer, the number one sports talk show in Phoenix, Arizona.
2: Love and happiness But wait a minute, something's going wrong Someone's
3: on the phone Three o'clock in the morning
2: Yeah Oh,
3: yeah uh, about You know, I could listen, listen to this for a while
2: ride, yeah.
3: Well, now, how come you don't play this kind of music more often? We do, you're not here okay.
0: <laughs> really good
3: I think that was a quick shot across the bow <laughs> <laughs> I, I, ouch, Being ouch. In love I don't know if... Now, now Kwame gets this music, but Demery definitely doesn't get this. Definitely doesn't. Yeah, he tries to educate them. Yeah. (laughs) yeah. (laughs) Those millennials. Those millennials, that's what's going (laughs) to happen. Jeez. Well, Demery is out on assignment. Kirk Belkeller here playing host here on the Kwame Lasser Sports Talk radio show here at Voice America. In the beautiful studios here. And yes, this is my time to take over a little bit and rant sometimes about how I don't like that I can't see anybody uh, in the other room. And it's just not right. Not fair. But Yeah, I'm used to that as well. Then nobody sees you or, or you don't, know, get, don't, to don't get to see them? I I only get to see them. Nonverbal communication helps. Well, yeah, absolutely. And actually verbal communication really helps too. Okay. So verbal communication is wonderful too. So there's, uh, there's a lot of other stuff going on in the sports world, and and it's unfortunate that some of the things that come on, for instance, Peyton Manning, this p- – okay, great. Well, I, I hear yeah. that uh, Kwame Lassiter, who's out on assignment doing our Super Bowl reporting, has joined us. Kwame, good morning.
2: Good morning, guys. How
3: are you doing? Hey, it's just me. So – what? So welcome uh, welcome to the Kwame Lassiter Sports Talk Radio. We're we're glad to have you as a guest.
2: Oh. oh, man. If you hear a lot of noise, I apologize for that. But just you, huh?
3: Yeah. Where, where are you?
2: I'm at the um, I'm at Cityscape at the uh, Legends Lounge. I just came into a quiet area.
3: Oh. Which isn't, as it turns out, all that quiet.
2: Yeah, not all that quiet. Somebody's <laughs> doing plays. Everybody's coming in for breakfast. Uh, of, uh, the lounge and, the lounge is designated for all the MVPs the old guys who were MVPs and they're just hanging out in here you get it I just ran into John Riggins and I said that looked like John Riggins then I became a fan I said, then I started talking about Kansas yeah. all, you know all these guys they're good guys
3: that's cool you know we've talked about this before though when you get around a group of athletes when it's just them they're entirely different than where when they are when they're around fans and other people that are kind of I'm sorry, but outside the circle. and
2: uh, yeah, You're you 100% right. Yep. So these guys, I mean, I'm sitting down eating breakfast. This is like half and five minutes ago. Lynn Long come up there. Drew Brees sitting right next to me. And Larry Brown, who I think might be crazy, is just out talking to everybody loud. I'm like, why if I just see you like fire and fire? You loud.
3: Yeah, yeah, That's uh, that's... That's the way it's got to be. So, so what's been going on up there? I mean, what did you do uh, yesterday and last night? I mean, you got in yesterday, right?
2: Right. And, and, and um, what, one, of the, one of the things I did was uh, you know, we, we had a, uh, it was a small concert in the lounge. You, you really don't have to go anywhere. at the, uh, We were on the 46th floor at Cityscape, but you really don't have to go anywhere. But downstairs, man, it is packed. There's no music downstairs. It's just the lobby. Yeah, it's packed. You would think, you think you at a bus stop. You think <laughs> it was just so packed in there, but it was, but it was a bunch of people. And I know the conversation couldn't have been heard because it's so, you know, if, if, even if everybody in there whispered, it would it would be a loud noise.
4: Yeah. But then I, I
2: just hung out, man. Lorenzo Neil and Ladamon Thomas had a party, so I stopped through there for a little while, and then I came back. I just wanted to show my face, uh, show some support for. Them. Other than that, man, I was just I was just hanging out, waiting for some things to happen. I'm yeah.
3: bowling tonight,
2: and then I got a golf tournament tomorrow. Bowling? <sighs> yeah, I said I'd do it. I said no pitches, please. But I show up. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I love bowling, but you already know that. I love bowling. I never do it enough, though. We got we got to do the same thing. We got to do an outing. We we've got to put together an That's outing.
2: We, we, we go to Lucky Strike. That's <laughs> where I'm going tonight. Lucky Strike out here in Tijuana. We go to Lucky Strike downtown uh, Phoenix.
3: Yeah, I that's a blast. I mean that that would be an it's absolute blast. You know they got the rock and roll and and the uh the music going on and and the colors and everything. I, you know, bowling is just a great social activity to get everybody together and gives an opportunity just to be a fool cuz nobody's ever any do- any good, right? No, well, no. No.
2: And, and, and I agree. I agree with you said. I love bowling. I enjoy bowling. I should say that better. I enjoy bowling. And I say every time I go, I'm having a great time, but I never go practice
3: yeah well yeah but
2: it, it, it's good and it's good regardless in regards to uh everybody's in the same place. It's not like golf where we disperse and go to our holes and but everybody's in the same place
3: yeah, no I, time. I, absolutely, absolutely, I think uh we definitely got to set something up for bowling for sure, and
2: we do that um, we' do that
3: yeah, no, I'd love we'll to do make that. it happen so so here you are you're, so you're Playing the big role celebrity, you're out there enjoying all of the uh, the little parties and stuff. Um, and now you played with LaDinian, didn't you? Yeah. Was he there when San you were Diego. in San Diego? Yeah.
2: He was. Um, played against him, and we played together. And then, like I said, I'm Drew was sitting right next to me eating his fruit, and we played together until Marty Schottenham lost his mind and and traded him. I said he wasn't going to be good. And looked laughing happened after that. But yeah, we everybody. I'm out
3: here fronting like uh, I'm still somebody. But it's it's a good front because everybody else is fronting too. Oh my, that's <laughs> that's too funny. So who else have you met that you uh, enjoyed? Who who's been the best? Who's been the greatest conversation? You had? I mean, you you had John Riggins and stuff. Yeah. Um, have you? Uh, who who else has been that you've enjoyed the most conversation?
2: Yeah, who has it been? That's a good question. Um, man, you know what? I, I would say quite a few of these guys, but because it's just good catching up. You know when you haven't seen somebody in a while, but the conversation, you remember everything that happened, and it's, you got that little bit moment of reminiscing, and then you move on to what's going on with you now. I just did that. But who's um, some of my favorites? Is uh, Doug Williams is in here. Like all the MVPs for, every, for the 50 Super Bowl or well, for the 49 Super Bowls, yeah. are in here. Yeah. They're in and out because the ones that's alive is in and out because they designate this place for them. And you know, I work with the Legends Lounge, or the Legends community. Yeah. So, we, we host, a uh, all the other NFL guys that play, we host in the lounge. So, we get to talk to them show them around. But a lot of guys in here, you would, you would know, if not all the guys, you would know a high percentage of these guys because, you know, some um some of your favorite players from your teams
3: are in here. Yeah. Well we get to welcome Demry back from his assignment today. Yeah, you know, he was I'm out here. doing you you know he know was out doing traffic and weather together. Yeah. Out there and the uh, weather's
1: great in the valley. Um <laughs> traffic is one, one terrible thing. Um, that's that's still <laughs> it's bad. It's it's still a, an an object that we still cannot conquer to this day. But I know it's nothing out that's what's going on right now in Santa Clara. I know that. Yeah. In in the Bay area.
2: No, Santa Clara. Santa Clara a different ball game i'm I'm talking about you know what we need to do when I, when i when I'm out here while I'm out here, I'm thinking we need to we need to take more trips, we need to be more guy trips and
4: just yeah. get away for the weekend
2: and just if we were out here where I am right now for the weekend, we'll be having the same amount of fun that I'm having now, just seeing old guys that you grew up watching and guys you played against or guys you missed when you came to the league, they were going out to league right. but it's guys people you know, but that same maximum fun. We'll have if we just do trips like that. Take our golf clubs and we'll learn how to golf. Well,
3: yeah, we got to teach Emory how to play better, so we'll get him there. (laughs) Hey, you know, Doug Williams. I talked to him at the last uh, Super Bowl. He was at in the uh, VIP tent, um, and I talked to him for like forty minutes. If he's not the nicest guy to ever meet, I mean, and and so knowledgeable. I mean, you start. He can he can break down anything, and I mean, I can see why. You know he could; he's going to be a great coach. I think for young people, right. I think he's awesome. And so,
2: you're 100 percent right because they do transition into life coaching. They do have appearances; yeah. a, a get paid a, a good number to transition these kids from one position to another. Definitely, I mean, college to pros, and, yeah. and when they come out of pros, that's when they come to the Legends community, and that's when we we have a transitional coaches that we do. We talk to these kids. Uh, one of the things we talk about. Yesterday in our meeting is we're going to get back into the colleges now because it's one of the things we talk about on the show a lot. We need to put the people in the college. You got the psychologists on the college. Why are we not using these these psychologists for these kids so they don't get in this trouble that they keep getting in? So now you got transitional coaches like Doug Williams being able to talk to these kids. It's going to cost you, but it's going to save a lot of embarrassment when the kid acts up when you could have controlled that.
3: Yeah, I think that's true, and I, 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 love Doug Williams' demeanor and the way he uh, he can he can talk to anybody, and um, I, he's a cool guy. I I am jealous of your experience there. I think that that's awesome to be able to talk with all the uh, the uh, older guys, and, and certainly the MVPs of all the Super Bowls that they've been. So, Kurt, don't be jealous. What I say when I'm, I'm at- always jealous. Kurt,
1: don't be jealous. It's just not our time.
3: No, it is my time, damn it. It's my time. <laughs> this is my time. And by the way, this is, time. No, no, this is my show today. So both of you just piped down. Oh, this is, uh, no, right? no, this is my what show. I,
2: what I say, what I say you guys uh, when I left?
1: You are welcome to come. I'm in, I'm in a small hey. chair right now.
3: Yeah, Kwame, exactly.
1: I, Kwame, I know you just got out there, but you know me. <laughs> I, I want to know about the good stuff. Um, I heard Jake Glazer threw a party last night that I know you attended. I want to hear about, about the scene okay. right now. I mean, I know it's two minutes left before we go to this break, but I want to know about that, that scene right now.
2: Jay Glazer and their parties? Yeah. Off the I mean, you just, I don't know if it's the parties. I don't know. Here's how the parties go. Yes, here we go. You guys know exactly what I'm saying. Yes, I will. You get a lot of guys. You get a, a lot of good-looking guys like myself in a party. The girls won't come. When the girls come, if they outnumber you 2-1, 3-1. What? And then it's a whole different ball game.
1: Two to one, three to one. Okay, now, let me write that down. Two to one, maybe three. And to then a the
2: party, and then you get that music, your head starts going. Yeah, you're like, all hey, right, I need to give me a drink. Then right, you have a maximum party. Another one. Yeah.
3: Jeez, but I of. heard uh, Beast
1: Mode. Beast Mode was was um at the Jay Glazer event,
3: and I heard uh, when I he came in the room, the whole party it. went up to a whole nother level. When Beast Mode came in, yeah, he was handing out free bags of Skittles. From what I heard, was he? Yeah. What kind of no, Skittles? I, I have no idea. What kind idea. of Skittles? Oh, you know, they, they, the, the, the old school. Or? No, 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 the sour ones. Oh, yeah, you got to go with the sour ones. You can't eat Skittles that are sweet. You got to eat Skittles that have that sour component to them. I figured them. that. What do
2: you like? I like the uh, apple ones.
3: <laughs> and
2: grapes. The apples and
3: grapes. Yeah. No, I hear you. Uh, I hear you.
1: me. what else is going on, man? I know you touched down. I, Because, you know... Looking on the outside end of the Super Bowl world, it's a lot going on. It's something to do literally every ounce of the hour in which we had, you know, we hosted the Super Bowl here last year in Phoenix, and it was literally something to do. Um, kind of give the uh, outside spectrum of, you know, what events is coming up, what's standing out to you towards the NFL experience, um, towards these NFL teams, and what news is breaking out right now. Because I know about Ryan Murphy, the, the kid that got sent home uh, from the Denver Broncos, and how big of a dis- distraction um, that could that could have been, which, you know, it's not going to be because of the level the guy is on. But, you know, c- kind of the news, the spill, I want to know, you know, kind of the buzz since you landed, since you got in town.
2: Uh, that Ryan Murphy was definitely a story, and I couldn't believe it. I said, you come all the way, you're a practice squad guy, you come all the way to San Francisco to get in trouble. Right. You're not even playing, and your brother, you would this is when you got to tell these guys, surround yourself with the right people. Um, but other news, you know, like Arizona, like Phoenix last year, there was plenty of places to go, plenty of things to do. You walk out to anybody else's hotel, and there's a party going on. Absolutely. I was telling Kurt earlier, even in the lobby, you don't have to go anywhere. There's a party going on, and there's just people in the lobby having And drink. And, oh, wow. it's just, and yeah. one of the good things about it, because of the setting and that we're in, the venue we're in, is it's all the guys that you know. It's all the guys that we know. It's, mm-hmm. we know. it's just... And, and, and they're so down to earth. And Kurt hit the nail on the head he said, when well, you get those guys in the same venue, they're kind of different. And they change because, you know, everyone knows each other. It's not like you have to be on guard for anything. We just have a conversation. We're not worrying about uh, so much the game itself, but just reminiscing on stuff and just hanging out having
3: drinks. Much more relaxed atmosphere for sure when everybody knows each other. And, and again, I, uh-huh. I just say that when you bring the public into it, it, it adds a different element. That just can't be done, and you know I, this whole this whole you know soliciting soliciting prostitution thing. How stupid have you got to be? Carolina actually had Eugene Robinson come in and talk about that the first night. Oh wow, Carolina did. This and thing, I am positive. Like,
1: yeah, I'm sorry to cut you off, but the yeah. same thing happened last year, right? With Warren Sapp.
3: Yeah, yeah. Thank God he wasn't playing, but yeah, I, it, it's and and I get it. You're a target. It's a magnet, but you've got to know. That as a result of that, law enforcement's all over that. Of course, don't be stupid. I don't get this. How I mean, I went on this rant to begin the show of Johnny Manziel, and we can come back to that as well because I mm-hmm. I just don't. He's I don't, an idiot. Oh, he he's an absolute idiot. But now I'm struggling to understand the drama queen of his ex girlfriend. You know what is? He's been with her twice that we know of, and both times there's been an incident. Right. And in both instances, the police walked away. Are they being corrupt, too? Because I don't believe anybody anymore. All I know is what you said, Kwame. Johnny Menzel's an idiot. He's a complete I buffoon.
2: I, man, I hear you loud and clear. And I don't, I'm, not, I'm not buying that affluential. I don't buy that. Oh, I don't buy that. No. Johnny Menzel's dad reached out for help. Talk about, you guys mm-hmm. got to help my son. Well, Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're a wealthy man. Your son is 24 years old. What were you doing up until this point? You didn't know? How many, you don't know a lot of uh, well-off kids that have that dog in them. And Johnny Mills be yeah. one of those kids that have that dog in them. But he seemed to think it's supposed to come easy when kids around him and people around him, his peers, has been working their butts off yeah. to get to a certain point. And they got there, and then you got to count on another guy messing it all up for your whole team, bringing different news stories that we don't deserve. Let's talk about our wins and losses and then how we can get better on both accounts and not Johnny Manziel being out.
3: Moves moves girl, like this are... The
2: girl, that he's with, yeah. she has to go. Because oh. when people are bad for your health, get away from them.
3: Yeah. And
2: he don't know that. He think he can fix every problem. Most, uh, most, most of us men think we can fix our own problems, but sometimes you got to yeah. say, help me please. Yeah. That's why I say that alcohol we have thing was a, a show.
1: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I definitely. I mean, I could touch up on it a little bit kind of i'm not saying I'm, i want to save johnny menzel but i'm not gonna lie i can understand where he's coming from not to the whole assault standpoint um uh, but i've been in situations where you know you have feelings for a woman and you just do some some things out of mind and then literally you're just going off you know once you once you start doing some something bad something ignorant it just it's like quicksand i, I think as guys as young men i know my father spoke on it too like you go through stuff you know, later on you realize, like, man, I should not have, you know, gone through that or I learned from it in in order for it in the future because I'm not going to lie. I had, you know, I had situations where, especially playing ball and, you know, you need to keep your mind right. You're trying to stay focused. You got a lot going on. People are counting on you. And, you know, you trust trusting someone that's, you know, here's my, you know, my ground piece, my ground stone right here, my backbone. And, you know, she may not see it the same way. And so that will aggravate you. You're a young man. You're you're new to, to the public. That will aggravate you. Not only that, every story will come out. And it took you know it took myself a while to realize I was young. I took myself to realize yo this is not I should not be here. This is not the case for me. So it took Johnny you know two or three times. But you know hopefully this is the one that keeps it away from her because it's always going to lead on to something. Well, it's like quicksand.
3: I, I'll I'm going to give you a portion of that. I, I agree to a portion of that, but he has been in the spotlight since he was a, a, a freshman in high school.
1: Mm-hmm. So
3: for him, you know, he's got a lot more experience with this stuff than others. And his family, again, like you said, Kwame, his father finally comes out and says, we need to get help. Well, what are you doing proactively to help it? And and I don't need to hear about it, but it doesn't appear as though he's done anything to this stage the family has done anything and frankly you know the cleveland browns are a bunch of idiots too you know if they knew they were bringing on a headache if they didn't know it they knew it after the first year and they've done nothing to provide the resources to support that because of the investment that they made and that's just that's just bad money that's just bad money management right there and i hate to be i hate to take away the personal side of this and worry about him as an individual but he's an idiot he, he I, I don't think he will ever grow up but the browns are equally culpable because they're not supporting him in a way that is required because he will always be immature
2: mm-hmm. you buy into you buy into I think a lot of it is buying into because he's not he's talented but he's not he's not a, he's not a game changer and I'm gonna go ahead and no. say that he's not the guy that you, you know you have on your team that's supposed to say oh Johnny will get us there he's not Johnny United no. Johnny Manziel. He hasn't really done anything. If he didn't beat uh, Alabama, and mm-hmm. if he didn't beat Alabama, he don't win the Heisman, and we're not talking about under the first rounder. He'd be back in school for another year instead of coming out early. I think a lot of it has to do with organizations and people who, be, who can be culpable about his his growth. I think it's more so of his dad, his family, and mm-hmm. then organizations. One of when you get when you wealthy, and I say rich because a lot of people are rich, but when you wealthy. You can spend money and buy money and buy things for your son that other kids not afforded to, and and that's not, I don't know if that's good or bad, but when your kids don't realize that my father, my family is because of that, and I say a lot of things, any success I had or thought I had or think I have, I never did that on my own. It was people around me, people that you know, people that meditate on you, people that say I wish good things on you. Yeah. You never become successful by yourself. It's just impossible. I've never seen it done. Yeah, And I think Johnny Manziel needs to shut it down. Look at what Josh Gordon...
3: So you're saying the circle... Johnny
2: Manziel on the same team. It will be huge problems in Cleveland. Cleveland would be 100% wrong, exactly what Kurt said, in the situation of how they handle these kids and not putting the discipline down sooner than later.
3: Yeah, the the circle that he's got himself in is completely wrong, and um, I don't care if you're his father or the organization... I'm hiring somebody to put a stop to the insanity that he lives by. And if he doesn't want to do it, then then he can't, he can't play the – his father needs to cut him off. And, you know, he's – I'm telling you right now, I'm not sure anybody's going to take a chance on him this year. I'm not sure. I,
2: I'll tell you what. I wouldn't. I wouldn't take a chance on him. Heck uh, no. I was having this conversation with a guy now about Johnny Manziel, and um, before I got on, we get on the air, Johnny Manziel – and Tim Tebow, I say I love the passion and the dog that Tim Tebow have. He's competitive. He wants to win. The, the problem is, if he's not that quarterback. If you draft him in the first round, you put pressure on not Tim Tebow, but guys to be in the first round and say, why does this guy yep. stop playing? Now, then you then you draft a guy like Tim Tebow because I would love to have him on my team. You can win with him, but not at the quarterback position. You draft him in the third round. He's your he becomes a Hall of Famer at some point a third-rounder, playing a position, but he would have been in the backup role, but if he did get a chance to play quarterback, you know you had one guy coming in that would be your quarterback, and he had he's a legitimate backup. If he would yeah. move to the H position, the guy would still be in the lead right now because he'd be still doing everything he want to do. he will still create plays where he could throw the football. He just wants to be on the center all the time. Johnny Menzel don't have that dog. He'd have influenza. Yes. he have, I should be entitled to this. He should have this should be mine. Why not me? Well, everybody's not, why not me, but you got to go get it. You don't wake up and
3: become great. No, oh, that's that is you did that very well, young lassiter. Well done. <laughs> hey, that's this is some I pretty do heady what reporting. What I could do, do it. He just hey, read
1: my text message. This
3: is this is pretty heady reporting right now coming out of the Super Bowl <laughs> site. So, um, hang out here for a little bit longer. Stick and stay. We're going to be back here. and We're going to take a quick break. But when we do come back, we will talk about more things like our friend Peyton Manning and what he needs to do and and, uh, anything else that's on your mind. But I want to hear more about what's going on up at the Super Bowl site. So stick with us here at Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Radio. We'll be right back.
0: Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Do you love sports talk? Can't get enough sports talk? Have we got a show for you. It's about the NFL training camps, Super Bowl previews, a look at the new starting quarterbacks, and weekly key injuries. We'll take your calls and emails right on the air. Former Philadelphia Eagle James Loving is your host, and you never know who will drop by for a co-host spot or an interview on the spot. Tune in to Loving That Sports Talk with James Loving every Wednesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. This is Jerome Buddha
2: Daniels. You're listening to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk with Damariel Lachey and Doug Bremer. They know about this sports thing. Hey,
1: welcome back. Welcome back in to Kwame Lasseter Sports Talk Show. 888-346-9144. Lachey is in the studio. Kurt Keller holding it down. In studio, live in studio. Got Kwame Lasseter here on the phone giving us live and direct updates in Santa Clara in which in which he is in the Super Bowl town, Super Bowl City. Last football Friday of the year. Well, Woo-hoo! not of the year, but of the football season, I guess you could say.
3: No, it's it's yeah. Well,
2: if they put the Pro Bowl where it should be, <laughs> we might have one.
3: Home. That's right. That's right,
1: doggone it. That's true. Uh, comedy is is hold it down right now in the Legends Lounge, correct?
2: Yeah, I'm in the Legends Lounge and uh, I was talking about a picture I took of Ray Lewis. It, it, it was it was cold, man. It's a nice picture, but I, I, I forgot to even mention because <laughs> when I heard the promo uh, coming back into the segment, I was with Jake last night. Uh, and I should have got him. The, I should have recorded the promo. I'll see him again before we leave. Oh I yeah. Saw him I record one, but Go, we got to get Kirk naming and then take that uh, Doug Brimmer. Yeah, we That's gotta legit. we
1: gotta do some update. Yeah, for sure. It's um, not
3: legit this way.
1: Yeah, you around a lot of faces over there, so yeah, do do your thing, do your thing, hold it down. Cool. Yeah, I,
3: I'm,
2: I'm uh, i ain't gonna name drop so I get in the studio. Very good.
1: Very I appreciate good. that. I like
2: that.
1: Make hey. sure, make sure you write those names down because I know how you get.
2: You know, you know what? You you you, you damn right. I might have to do this. I <laughs> will forget in a second. I might have gonna write these names down. But I know the guys that we you know because you guys make me remember. As soon as we start talking about it, their name comes to the head. But if I gotta really think about this, yeah, you I might
3: do. You need Put an admin. <laughs> you need an admin, Kwame, a little assistant following you around, maybe two. Oh,
2: I know, I do, I do. That's well. why I told you guys before I left. You know you're welcome to come. <laughs> I got one bed. I got one bed, but I could have got uh, could two, uh, two beds in the room.
3: Hey, you know, you know me. I, I don't admin for anybody. that's just see
2: you got that Johnny Manziel I know
3: I know no I (laughs) all right hey let's take a quick diversion here out of football and go to basketball for a second why not because we got some cool stuff going on but the first thing I want to talk about so Bill Self comes out in a post post uh, game conference after his team pretty much had everything all wrapped up they're doing the delay And one of his players, when they're clearly, everybody's given up, decides to go and do a very dramatic dunk at the end of the game. Bill Self was furious. And then he let everybody in on his fury at the post-game conference and ripped the kid in the post-game conference. Was that the right thing to do or the wrong thing to do?
1: I'm going to tell you now, I believe that's... I, I, I'll go, I'll, you go ahead, Kwame.
2: I, I, real quick, uh, if I can be the first thing. I would say um, that was the right thing to do. You've got a team to beat. Even if you were to lose in that game, you, you don't do anything. You need to worry about your wins and your loss and how you play. But when you got a team to beat, there's always some respect. The, the 48 Laws of Power, Law 47, don't overshoot your target. You, when you won and you beat somebody, you don't have to keep jabbing them because it's gonna come full circle on you. It's gonna start, it's gonna come back to get you. But I will make it known to him since you want to be a showboat in public that I'm gonna be, I'm gonna talk about you in public since you like the attention. You don't do that to a team when you got them down. You let them go home and worry about that. Because I, I say this with even with kids who score touchdowns, you don't have to do all the celebration in their face. They're already humiliated because you scored on them. And now as a competitor, I gotta figure out how to stop you. And as a competitor, i got to figure out how to do it again on you.
1: So you don't have to show people up. And really, I don't like when people do that anyway. Well, going on to that statement, I mean, I do agree with every point. I do agree to the uh, simple fact, yeah, that was very silly for the young man to do. Bill Self did do the right thing. I mean, but what do you expect from a KU Jayhawk, you know, Kwame? I mean, <laughs> that's just kind of like the deal that, you know, that's represented out of there. No, I'm kidding, but... I mean, even as alumni, you kind of embarrass your alumni. You kind of embarrass the whole program itself. And Bill Self did the right That's thing. True. You got to call something like that out towards the media. Yeah, we won big, but this kid here—I mean, he's a kid that got in trouble before anyway. That's been in the doghouse for Bill Self. So, you know what? You couldn't understand the punishment or the uh, what's the word I'm looking for—consequences that I gave you personally off the court. So I'm going to embarrass you towards the media because you want to be a professional. You want to be on this big stage. This is what happens, you know. You're going to get embarrassed on a big stage. Now let's see how you rebound from this. Let's see how you grow up and mature from this, because it was it was dumb. I mean, I understand you playing a rival. You you are already in Lawrence. It's not like the game is in Kansas State, wherever that's located. It's it's in Lawrence. Like it's your home face, home band. There's no need for you to go put a dunk up and you up by 20. Like that's so. It was irritating. It was it was really, I mean, classless for sure.
3: Well, I think you brought out an interesting element that I did not know that this kid has been kind of a screw up for a while and oh, yeah. has had a lot of mistakes. Now that makes more sense to do it. My initial concern was I would have read him the Riot Act up and down once I got him in the locker room. Oh, I'm pretty oh, And I, I would have apologized. Record. Well and, and all I would have done was apologized at the press conference. I wouldn't have ripped him again in public. I would have mm-hmm. just done that. But now I'm understanding, with more information, I'm evolving my opinion, that you're absolutely right. I mean, here's a kid who, who wants to have all the attention. You want all the attention? Yeah, it's it's like everybody who does this free, it's free speech. I can say anything I want. Yep, you sure can. You can say and do anything you want. Mm-hmm. By the way, there's consequences. <laughs> there are consequences. Yeah, absolutely. Always. And he found out yep. that there were consequences from Bill Self. And And I'll tell you what. As furious as he was, that kid may never sniff the cord again this season.
2: I don't know. He'll Yeah, he'll and that's, play. that's Bill Self too. Because so the doghouse is the doghouse. And imagine if you guys both—you guys did. Don't you think that has to show a lot of a who Bill Self is? Like we don't—I don't teach this. I don't coach this. Where do mm-hmm. you get this from? And we mentioned it. Kid been in trouble before. How you—you you can't. And we talk about it on the show, and I keep to that, but you can't know every kid and, and what they're going to do because of where they're from. But you got a kid like that, and you want to say, you got professional fans, even in college. They know how to cheer. They, they don't need to treat. The treat for them is win the basketball game, right. win the national championship. If, you, if there's one of those teams who have potential to do it, a greater potential to do it, you, you've been in college, where fans just want to win. I don't need to see that uh, fancy don't when I'm already up by 20. Or oh, I don't need to see a fancy don't when I'm down by 20. You got to be professional on all counts. And Bill <laughs> Self probably wanted to look, I don't teach that, I don't coach that, because his ego and pride could have gotten away also in that press conference. But yeah. both of you guys are right. I think all of us, you know, touched on something where I'll scold you again, but sometimes you're just not going to learn. So I got to put it out in the public yeah. and say, and tell, let everybody know why I did what I did, and say what I said. Yeah.
3: It really does bother me when, when athletes today. Like when you're getting just spanked on, on the field, the court, whatever it may be, and you do something that, by the way, is your job, and you get up and celebrate. I'm just going, just stop. Right. Scoreboard. You're down 40 to nothing. <laughs> what are you doing? That just, that just drives me nuts. Yeah. Okay, let me, let me turn this just another angle here. So two years ago, Steph Curry. Oh, boy. Steph Curry, I know, Kwame's oh, man crush. Steph Curry was ranked 125th in the NBA. 125th in the NBA. Today, arguably the best player in the NBA. What has he done in two years to go from where he was to where he is? And I will say this before I push this all the way over the edge to you guys. Yeah. I th- I think he's playing better this year than he was last year.
2: Mm-hmm. I agree. I, too. I-, I can tell you, tell you what I get from it. Um, 125th player, ranked player, two years ago. This year, two years later, arguably the best player. I hear you. But here's what it is. When you believe you're great, you start doing great things. And I see Steph Curry the way he walked, never mind me being on his job. But when he walked on the basketball court, it, it's almost like I'm going to throw up 30 on him. It's not like I'm going to point in your face and say I'm going to drop 30 on you. He got that confidence where I believe now that I am the best. And it's not that you can say this and how you choose your words is on you, but that also goes into your DNA and to your psyche. I'm one of the best in the NBA. It's a total different thing than having my body feel I am the best in the NBA. And he walks like that. And when I see him walking before the jump ball, he, he got his head down. He got that little different walk now that he believes he's the best. Who's going to stop him? Who's going to stop him? <laughs> Even if you stop him, he still put up 25 points or 22 points. But he has backup. He believes in himself, and he believes in his team. If you take two to stop Steph Curry, then who's going to stop them other four guys?
3: Yep. Man, get off his jock. Okay, Demery. My goodness. Demery.
1: No, I. I, <laughs> I definitely agree. Um, I mean, he grew literally that killer instinct from last year to this year. I think that's what really stands out to me. Is he kind of got that Mamba Jordan vision now? Like you were saying, that swagger on the court. He literally like he has that killer instinct mode in in which he steps on the court and says, "All right, who who's gonna who's gonna hold me under 30? Who who, who wants to do it? You know, who's who's today?" And honestly, when you, like you said, Kwame, when you grow a great team, you become a greater player. Um, His team backs him up like no other. His team sets certain picks. They get him open. They know when to find him the ball. And they encourage him, hey, killer, keep shooting it. You know, that's the talks that you get along your teammates. You know, I mean, we all been, I think, at a level where we were, you know, we thought, you know, we're really good at this sport. But then when you start to stand out as a leader, as a guy who's more consistent and you get those players on your team looking at you like, hey, go beast mode because we've seen it before and we believe in you, and that grows a whole another level of confidence right now, and he can't be touched. I mean, he's he he's really standing out incredible, and I think that killer instinct is going to go to a whole nother level with this build of his this new confidence. It's scary.
3: Well, I think his skills have even gotten better. I think he's – Oh, yeah. W- the nuances of his ball handling this year and the end of last year – are so incredible, the little fakes, the little shoulder shimmies. Anything that yeah. he does is so precise and done. Can you guys remember any player in any sport that has gone from relative obscurity to possibly the best player in their sport in such a short time? Where, and, and you really didn't, I don't know if any of us could have predicted this You know, three years ago.
1: It's, that's really hard to say.
2: I'll it? say, um, remember really uh, when Matt say. Kemp came to the league, but he was just Matt Kemp. and Matt Kemp went on that run. Uh-huh. And I'm um, baseball, and that's the first that's thing that came to my mind when you were saying it. And then Matt Kemp, one of the guys who should have got the lead MVP, but they gave it to a guy in Milwaukee. Oh, was it Braun?
3: Who yeah, had, Braun with uh, the steroids. He
2: steroids yeah. in him. And he vehemently denied it. Uh, but yeah. Matt Kemp should have got the MVP that year. But two years prior to that, you just Matt Kemp on the uh, on the Dodgers.
3: It's true. Mm-hmm. And then
2: you went on the terror and became the lead, hitting power and everything. You was the face of he was one of the faces, if not the face, in LA. So I, I would say just coming to mind real quick, Matt Kemp is one of those characters.
1: Yeah, I mean Jeremy, can you think of anybody? I honestly to to take over a whole sport, no, I cannot. Yeah. Can do it. I mean I I I have guys who Stepped up to a whole other level for their teams and became relevant, like a yeah. uh, like a Paul George. You know when he emerged against LeBron James in the playoffs, yeah. that's he true. became a household name. Um, true. Y'all see Puig in baseball. You know you want to go baseball. Y'all see El Puig. I didn't know anything about this kid. I mean I know he was highly drafted, but he literally came on the scene and just took over the game of baseball. He was throwing guys out all the way to third base from left right, right field. That's good name. That's
0: the right name you bring
2: up.
3: Yeah. I think Tiger Woods comes to mind to me because he was not. You know, he did well in college, but he did not dominate in college. Mm-hmm. And he comes in, and what was he? He had seven weeks. His rookie year, he had seven weeks to qualify for the Tour Championship. Right. Had seven weeks. He played every tournament. He started with the Greater Milwaukee Open and played every tournament. And, I mean, I I think he took his game to an entirely different level. And then from that point on, obviously, he has dominated the game like no other athlete has ever dominated their sport but um, Tiger Woods comes to mind a little bit where, you know, sure. they, they said he was going to be good, but he did not dominate in college the way, the way I would have expected him, as dominant as he became. Mm-hmm.
1: I mean, it's, it's, it's
2: a little would you, cloudy. Would you say, um, when, you, when you were saying that, I, I was thinking about Cam Newton. Not that Cam Newton was one of those guys, but how he was different. How mm-hmm. he, he, he started getting the media coverage, and from mm-hmm. college in the second week, trying out for the uh, tournament, he started believing in his game. He started doing different things. He started hitting tricks—not trick, uh, trick shots—but getting out of trouble. Started hitting those shots, you know, the Tiger Woods that we know him to do. Yep. And he started believing in himself. And then, when it, when you do that, and you do qualify as a young guy, and you're a nominee to what the sport it doesn't look like, now you got the media coverage to go with it, and oh, now yeah. the cameras all on you, and you're still hitting these shots, and now you just take it to a whole other level. You went from obscurity to, hey, I'm Tiger Woods.
3: No, that's a great point. Mm -hmm. Actually, that and so so I guess the common denominator here is self belief and confidence. Yes,
2: yeah, team chemistry. I I mean,
3: chemistry as well. You can instill these in these kids.
2: Well, I I say this with kids. I think Demi touched on it a couple times uh, before. Is these kids they got the self confidence, but they don't have any self control. So I. if you yeah. gotta self confidence and to believe that you can get it done. At least bring some self control with there so that's, you know when yeah, you're in an true. adverse situation, which hey,
3: way to go. Yeah. Hey, we gotta get out of here. You gotta you gotta come back Monday and give us a ton of uh, updates on, oh, yeah. on the activities there and and we got a lot more to talk about come Monday. So we'll take a quick break over the weekend. Welcome to Kurt Feldkeller Sports Talk Radio.
4: <laughs> and we
3: will see you Monday. We out. Yo, yeah.